Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. This past year and a half has been a time of reflection and change for Metro Transit, from steps to deal with safety concerns to success stories like the largest ridership ever on the day of the Blues Victory Parade to this month's elimination of many bus stops and big changes just announced this week to existing bus routes. This all, of course, is a matter of daily concern for folks who depend on Metrolink every day. So here to talk about it is Metro's Executive Director, Jessica Mefford-Miller. Jessica, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having us. So you are fresh right now from announcing a, a big configuration of bus service that you are calling Metrolink Reimagined. What are the key points? Well, Jeremy, Metro bus service is about to get a lot faster across the St. Louis region in Missouri. We have launched Metro Reimagined. So today or this week, we announced the big changes that are going to come to the region September 30th. We are changing all of our Metro bus routes in Missouri. We're streamlining those routes to make them straighter, trying to minimize the number of connections customers have to make to get from point A to point B. And we're adding the most important piece is frequency. The number one thing our customers ask for across Metrobus, Jeremy, is more frequent service. And so we're creating a set of 15 routes um, that, I'm sorry, a set of 10 routes that operate at least every 15 minutes or faster. These routes on a daily basis carry more than half of our Metrobus customers here in Missouri, Jeremy. So that's going to have a big impact. And do I understand that right now there's one route that would be described that's as every right. 15 minutes? Yeah, okay. just one. Our number 70 grand, our busiest route today operates at least every 15 minutes and adding frequency to those additional routes. Not only is it going to serve a lot of people, Jeremy, but we're confident that it'll help us boost ridership because the service is going to be so much more convenient. Customers won't necessarily need a schedule. Just walk out to the bus stop and they'll know that a frequent bus will be right there to get them. Okay, so does this come with any additional funding for you? No, this is a, we're implementing Metro Reimagined with a steady state budget. So this is a complicated change to our service. We've had to take an in-depth look at our operation, our performance, solicit customer feedback over a two-year period to take those existing resources and dollars and buses and bus operators and create a new network plan that puts those buses and those operators to their highest and best purpose, trying to maximize ridership and deliver an improved customer experience within the same level of resources. Right. So if you're reallocating resources, then it's a you are picking and choosing places to increase service and necessarily also some that might see reduce service. That's right. So some routes, as we straighten out those routes and try and keep those big buses on the main lines, on our main arterial streets, we're going to stop going through some smaller residential areas. We're combining some routes that are low productivity. We're also taking a look at when people are riding throughout the course of the day and removing some of those trips, for instance, early in the morning or late at night when we're not carrying very many customers and thinning out the service so that we can devote that service when, it, when and where it's going to be most productive. So what neighborhoods or regions will see decreased service? So there are small pockets throughout our service area in Missouri in the city of St. Louis and St. Louis County where route segments are going to be eliminated. Each route's going to change, so it's not necessarily a matter of entire routes being eliminated. I encourage our customers to tune in and follow this information. It's available on our website now on at metrostlewis.org forward slash reimagine. We also have an app called Transit. It's available on Apple and Android. And you can go to the settings menu in transit, and most of our, many of our frequent customers know this, and click on Metro Reimagine and actually view what that system looks like. So in most cases, customers are going to walk, have to walk a few additional blocks one way or an another to catch that route. Mm -hmm. Well, we do have a listener on Twitter whose, whose handle is named after their favorite bus route, so we, we want to get to this one. Um, user 73 Carondelet 
uh, named after that wonderful city route, says, uh, this is a very specific question about bus routes, so we're going to put it right to the, to the boss. Why was the number four natural bridge route changed from high frequency as originally planned and Metro reimagined to a mid-frequency one? Um, how do decisions like that get made in terms of really fine-tuning uh, the reconfiguration of these routes. Sure, Jeremy. So the number four natural bridge, which is one of our busiest routes, was originally included in what we hope to be a list of 15 routes that would operate at least every 15 minutes all day. And as we try and bring that service plan into budget, remember, we're delivering this plan within our existing resources. The number four natural bridge fell below that threshold where the other 10 routes stayed above it to provide that frequent service. Now we did endeavor to include frequent routes that run north and south, east and west, across the city and the county. So we still do have some frequent routes that run uh, east to west and north south in St. Louis County, uh, ju just not on the natural bridge itself, which will instead be one of 35 routes that operates at least 30 minutes. Okay, and this user was also was did note that they were they were specifically interested in whether there'd be a gap in high frequency routes headed to North St. Louis. No, there's not. In fact, one of the routes that's getting the most additional service is the 74 Florissant, which runs from downtown St. Louis to our North County Transit Center. So that's a north-south route that runs through North St. Louis City as well as North St. Louis County. The 73, your customer's uh, preferred route, is also one of those high-frequency routes that runs from downtown St. Louis all the way into South County and will operate every 15 minutes. That actually connects at Civic Center Transit Center in downtown to that 74 route. So that's 15-minute service all the way from 270 in the north to 255 in the south, all day, every day. Okay, and you mentioned that riders can use the Metrolink smartphone app to figure out how their daily trip might be changing. Are you doing other things to publicize these changes That's so folks right. aren't caught unawares? Yeah, absolutely. So in this two-month period leading up to the launch of Metro Reimagine on September 30th, we've pushed out the information on our website. Our customer service team stands ready to assist customers with planning their trips and finding out information. They're available Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. at 314-231-2345. We'll also have street teams out riding buses, and we're really going to target those markets where service is going to change most significantly. So you'll see Metro team members out riding equipped with information, meeting customers where they are on the system, and helping orient them. We've also trained all of our Metro bus operators so that they are aware of what the changes are and how they can encourage our customers to get information about Metro Reimagine. And if listeners are wondering, as, as many are, how their route might be affected, we will have links. We will have links to some of these resources at stlpublicradio.org as well. That's great. Um, from your announcement, here's some text I'm going to read. The new system is designed around simpler, straighter lines that are more useful and more efficient. That sounds good. So how did, how did the route, routes get the way they were before? Sure. So as a public transit system, we often receive requests to provide service to employment destinations or even within residential neighborhoods. And in the last you know, 20 years or so, as you know, our region has spread out geographically. And you've got to take a fresh look every now and then at where people travel, where jobs are, where residences are, and make some big adjustments to the system. We haven't had a major change on this level for 13 years, and the last one was in 2006 when we opened the Blue Line Metrolink expansion. So in that time, uh, we've stretched routes, we've tried to reach other destinations, uh, where people are going has changed, and we've got to really right-size our service to meet both our funding availability and then most importantly, the mobility needs of the, our customers as they are today, and as we see them playing out over the next five or so years. So this is an important reset 
that transit agencies like ours need to do really about every five to 10 years, Jeremy. So we are due. Mm-hmm. And an- another listener on Twitter is was just wondering what bus routes you, you might happen to frequent. Uh, the bus routes I frequent most, I travel a lot in and around downtown St. Louis for work, right? So I use the number 99 and the number 96. I use Metrolink often. And I'm actually a Madison County resident, so my favorite route is the number 16X. Okay. Uh, well, there, there are two big shifts happening right around now, I think. A change in the, the routing and the frequency of buses, but also a reconfiguration and a decrease in the total number of bus stops. Mm-hmm. And that's something that has already gotten underway, right? The, the new route map, as you mentioned, is launching September 3rd, but some 450 or so stops were initially identified to be reduced uh, and taken out of service around July 15th. That's right. So the new changes are actually happening September 30th, Monday, September 30th. And the bus stop, one of the things that we do on a periodic basis is evaluate our bus stops. Today we have over 5,000 bus stops in Missouri. In the state of Missouri. That's right, yeah. Uh, And so we take a look at those locations, figure out which ones are used. Many of those bus stops have been in place for decades. They may or may not be ADA accessible. They may also be in locations where there are conflicts, for instance, with on-street parking or right-hand turn lanes. And so this is part of a separate but parallel effort to Metro Reimagined. We're going through a rebranding of Metro Transit. Our customers are going to begin seeing the beginnings of that rebranding in the fall. That'll include new logos and vehicle appearances as we repopulate our fleet. But we're also replacing all of our bus stop signs in Missouri. Those new signs are going to include that new logo. They will include more and better information for our customers. They will be larger. They will be higher visibility. They will meet uh, the needs of our customers who are low vision. But they're also going to be a better tool for informing people about Metro bus service and attracting them and inviting them to ride. So before we replace all of those signs, Jeremy, we need to make sure we lock in which of those stops need to stay within the system. And that helps us really optimize that bus stop replacement effort. And the agency had announced that 450 stops would go away. That number was quickly shaved down by about 80 that you ended up deciding to to keep. So how does a course correction like that happen mid-course correction? Well, it really is a process. It's an ongoing process rather than a course correction. So we create a plan. Uh, The bus stops is kind of a much smaller example relative to what we're doing with Metro Reimagine. We put it out there for public comment. So we pasted notifications on all of those signs that we were considering removing to give customers notice and invite them to give their feedback to us. We received that feedback. And in the course of creating that final bus stop plan, we decided to keep 80 of those 450 stops in response to our customers. So we have this ongoing conversation with our customers that helps us shape our service, the location of our bus stops, how we operate, and how we deliver service to the community. And I think we understand that as carefully as something like this might be planned out and routed out and mapped out, during the implication, there are going to be folks who didn't know about it, who want to know why their bus stop isn't there anymore, why they now have to take a transfer and they didn't. Some people will be delighted maybe they have a quicker transit. Yeah. Um, how, how are you set up to deal with the pushback that you might get from folks who are just confused by this? Sure. So that happens, Jeremy, and it happens with any major service change. So to mitigate the impact uh, of customers who aren't aware, we will have street teams out during immediately before, 
during and shortly thereafter that change on September 30th to help customers navigate their way. So stay tuned for more on what that plan looks like in expanded hours of customer service, for example, as we get closer to the September 30th implementation. But we are committed to walking our customers through this change, informing them. And then once the change is implemented, Jeremy, we may get feedback that causes us to make some slight adjustments in that service plan. And this happens from time to time. Metro actually has four service change opportunities a year. We're not always making changes at those points and times, but it gives us a chance to do what you described as some course correction. For instance, we might tighten up a connection time between a couple of routes if it's not working in practice. Mm. And uh, we are talking right now with Metro's Executive Director, Jessica Mefford, excuse me, Jessica Mefford Miller. Uh, we're talking about Metro Reimagined and, and all things related to mass transit as, as we get to it. Um, on the on this note of folks understanding just what's happening, tell me about the, the, the Try and Ride program. What's going on with that? Uh, the Try and Ride program is sponsored by our partner, Citizens for Modern Transit. They're the St. Louis region's public transit advocacy nonprofit organization. And Citizens for Modern Transit has a program that encourages customers to try the system and ride it. And by registering the, for the program, you can get assistance with obtaining a Metro Transit monthly pass. And if you register for Try and Ride, you can also get a guaranteed ride, ride home program, which is great for bringing down some of those barriers to accessing transit and giving it a try in the first place. So I encourage your listeners, find out about Metro Reimagine. But most importantly, give Metro Bus a try. If you hadn't, haven't ridden or you haven't ridden lately, Give it a try. See how it works for you. And we'd love to hear from them. You can reach us at metrostlewis.org or 314-231-2345. Okay. And we're talking about buses, all things buses so far. Uh, we, we, had, we did hear from a user on Twitter, Intrepid Toast, uh, is wondering, this might be a little harder to deal with. Why do we have train lines that run inefficient and meandering routes? In other cities, train lines are like spokes on a wheel. Uh, and Intrepid Toast says that they're a little more jumbled here. Uh, I imagine that's a little harder harder to amend than a bus route. Well, we won't be changing the configuration, of course, of our, our existing fixed route Metrolink lines. So Metro has two lines. We operate 46 miles of Metrolink track and serve 38 stations. The lines themselves were all designed, at least the newer lines were designed uh, to connect people with places, destinations on the blue line, for instance, like Clayton and Richmond Heights at the St. Louis Galleria, Brentwood I-64, where we have a very large park and ride lot and then our Shrewsbury I-44 terminus, which also has a large park and ride lot in close proximity to population density as well as highway access for that park ride. Uh, some of it's based on available land, so where we can actually build a rail alignment. And the available land was actually a really driving force behind the alignment of the original Metrolink, which opened in 1993. The original Metrolink line, which runs from East St. Louis and through the city of St. Louis and uh, into St. Louis County a little ways, was actually built in an old freight rail corridor. The St. Louis region used that freight corridor and, and the capital value of that corridor and the tunnels and the bridges associated with it as the local match to attract federal funding to help us build it. So it moves through downtown St. Louis and touches some of our most dense population and employment in the central corridor, downtown and the central west end. Uh, but you also find us traveling in places you might not normally have, like light rail like the Mill Creek Valley where the Grand Metrolink station is. Uh, so different path and that's just a little bit of a legacy of building a light rail system in uh, 19th century rail infrastructure here in the city of St. Louis. And I imagine you also 
can't necessarily anticipate exactly how development is going to proceed in the city. We can't anticipate exactly what it's going to look like, but we really do work. And in fact, by state development, our parent company has an economic development team. So we work with that team and they also work with private developers and the communities we serve to try and anticipate where development will occur, uh, but more importantly, also to attract development near our Metrolink stations. The Cortex Metrolink station, which opened a year ago now, was really built and designed in partnership with the developers in that surrounding area. It has been a great success. We've seen tremendous addition of housing and jobs around the vicinity of the Cortex Metrolink station. We've got an exciting project uh, planned for a station a little bit further down the west. I'm hopeful that we can share that publicly in the near future, but we're talking about um, development around our Forest Park to Bolivar station, which is the nexus of the red and blue line. So mm -hmm. stay tuned for what that might look like. So we're really working to try and attract development, especially uh, where we, the region has already made a tremendous investment in our light rail system. Mm. Well, let's let's change gears for a moment. Uh, the Bi-State Development Agency, which is Metrolink's parent agency right now, is pushing a $20 million bond issue to pay for security improvements on Metrolink. It has gotten a lot of support from key people, like uh, including County Executive Sam Page. This is in part a response to a report that came out in February, urging for some changes in how you deal with the safety of riders. Um, that's an ongoing concern. What, what are you doing about that issue? So on the bond issue, this is actually a bond refinance. So it's a refinancing, Jeremy, of bonds that already exist. And it's projected to save some, I think, $40 million. $40 million. Yeah, yeah. Th these bonds actually exist to support construction of the Metrolink alignment that we have today. That opened in 2006, right? And so it would be financially advantageous for the region to refinance those bonds to achieve a better interest, interest rate. That would save us $40 million by state development is proposing uh, taking some of that savings to devote to infrastructure improvements focused on safety and security. Our original Metrolink alignment is now 26 years old. Technology has changed. Uh, the way people behave and access our system have changed. And so there are some opportunities for us to make investments that will improve the safety and the security of our customers. Access control restrictions at some of our stations, improved camera and surveillance that can act as a force multiplier for Metro Public Safety and our police partners, all in the name of keeping our customers safer. Yeah, and that, that February report that I mentioned um, did have some specific recommendations about uh, the relationship between uh, the Metrolink security and the Metro Police Department, for instance. Are there other things that you're looking at right now? Absolutely. We are in the process of rebuilding Metro's comprehensive security program. One of the things that we are doing right now, Jeremy, is creating new uh, contracts with our law enforcement partners. We actually contract for services with St. Louis County, the City of St. Louis, and St. Clair County Police. So you expect to see the results of that new contract coming up later in the summer and early into the fall. We are also going to be out on the street at the end of the month looking for a new contract for contract security services. So we're changing how that team will perform across our system. We're also bringing in new leadership. I expect to have announcements in the month of August. New leadership for the public safety team. We have changed our direction. We've made tremendous progress in improving our relationships and our partnerships and collaboration with our law enforcement partners. Our customers are seeing the impact of that. They're seeing more officers patrolling, more police officers and Metro Public Safety officers patrolling. They're seeing more engagement with our customers and we're seeing a reduction in crime across the Metrolink system. Okay, getting, getting back to buses, how, how does one balance efficiency in, in a systemic sense and a system-wide 
point of view, with giving people access to transit. Uh, when What do you say to someone, for instance, who may be on a low-demand route that um, they might not have much company on that bus, but they do depend on it every day, and it's their, their way to get to work? Yeah, so it, it's a delicate balance, Jeremy, because we are on the one hand tasked with connecting people with places. That's our mission. And at the same time, we have to operate this system within the financial means that the region provides. And we have a responsibility to maximize the utility of, of the region's investment. And so what we try to do is to define those routes or places that really do merit fixed route transit service, because it costs us the same to drive a 40-foot bus down two miles of a busy urban arterial as it does down two miles of a very lightly traveled corridor, right? So we're trying to concentrate our heavy-duty equipment and service where it makes the most sense. Now, for those places that are important and those people that are important that might not merit a 40-foot bus running every 30 minutes or so, what we are doing in some places is proposing a different service type. So shuttle service that might just run on shift times, a little less frequent, but be geared to specific destinations. That's one of the options. We have six what we're calling community mobility routes included in that Metro Reimagine plan. We also have six express routes that are really just running Monday through Friday, morning and afternoon rush hour. And we're working to develop a set of what we call first mile, last mile connection options that wouldn't be a regularly scheduled route running uh, on a typical path that can be more responsive to customers. So stay tuned for more on what those mobility solutions are going to look like in later 2020 and early uh, 21. Mm-hmm. So it's really thinking about transit differently. We're developing a suite of mobility options to get people where they need to go. We know that Metro bus service is very effective, but a 40-foot bus is not a one-size-fits-all solution. The St. Louis region has so many diverse communities, and within that, we've got a lot of different mobility needs. So we're trying to right-size the service we provide to better match our service markets and get people where they need to go. Jessica, thanks so much. We're actually out of time. Thank you. But I do want to thank Jessica Mefford-Miller, Executive Director of Metro Transit, for coming in this week. These are things we'll keep talking about, I'm sure. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.